When the Toho Gang and special guest David Bednar are attacked by giant flat-headed bat creatures, only one humongous fire-breathing turtle can save them, and the world. It's Kaiju Time in Episode 72, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro. I'm your host this episode, Joey Weiser, and with me are my usual co-hosts, V. Hey, V. Hi, Joey. And Alex. Hello, hey, Alex. Oh, hi. Hey. <laughs> wow, sorry. Let's I try just... to talk over each other as much as possible. <laughs> sorry, I just got really excited. I <laughs> just watched a big old turtle. Nice. And with us is a guest this episode, our very special guest, David Bednar. Hey, David. Hey, I'm full of meat and really neat. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Yes, because this episode we are talking about a giant turtle full of turtle meat, uh, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe from 1995. Um... David was on our Zerum episode, so if you've heard that, uh, you've met him before. But um, uh, I'd say unlike uh, that one where David was kind of campaigning somewhat for us to cover that film, uh, this is a circumstance where I was wanting to cover this movie. The the Arrow video box set had come out last year, um, and I thought it would be a fun one to talk about. And I thought David would be a good fit, so... Uh, David, uh, just give us a quick primer on who you are and what you do, and then maybe give us a little bit of your history with this film and Gamera in general. Ooh. All right. So, uh, hi, my name is David Bednar. I am a UI artist in the mobile games industry. Uh, I'm also notorious on the old Twitter as at YCarps. There is a good chance uh, if you're in the anime sphere, I have somehow warmed my way into your feeds. Because I need to get off and talk to my family sometime. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Tokusatsu. If you have not heard the Zayram podcast, I give a very uh, enthusiastic uh, breakdown of just how much it means to me and the origin of the uh, the genre. Um, I've liked Gamera since before it was cool. Like, uh, I guess <laughs> when, when I was a kid, I was really into... Godzilla, and then, uh, but uh, in Rockford, Illinois, I don't know what it was, but some combination of the local stations and uh, like there's just crap. There's there's just nothing good on TV. No good genre on TV. Whenever I hear people talk about like getting into monster movies because it was shown late night on TV, that wasn't what they were showing late night on TV. They were showing uh, like Attack of the Leeches and the Killer Shrews. Like it was just a garbage stuff. Um, so I, uh, was a little blockbuster kid and I would rent a ton of VHSs, uh, and one day I saw a big old turtle and I was like, oh, that looks so good. And sure enough, um, I think my first Gamera movie was the original Gamera versus Gauss and that blew my socks off. And eventually I watched the original Gamera and Gamera versus Giron, which is a trip. Um, and then later in life, much later in life, weirdly later in life, uh, I finally saw the uh, MST3K Gamera movies. Yeah. And those were, uh, those, those are, not, I mean, like, I still prefer the Space Mutiny episodes, but I think, like, 
underneath those are the uh, the Gamera films to me. Um, and yeah, for sure, I think that makes Gamera a pretty big touchstone for a lot of American audiences. Is is through Mystery Science Theater. Well, and I'll uh, uh, it was going to come up at some point in this, but uh, I did a little research uh, before we uh, we met. And in my research, a weird, <laughs> a weird quirk is that uh, while he was working in America on a Ultraman uh, production, the director of the special effects for this movie, uh, Sh- uh, 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 Shinji Higuchi, uh, wound up act- catching an episode of MST3K Gamera. I, be- I think it's Gamera versus Guron on comedy se- on the Comedy Channel, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was like, "Oh." Gamera's a total joke over here too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, even more so, <laughs> even more so. So, um, but yeah. So uh, then, when it comes to the '90s Gamera movies, um, oh, I haven't actually thought about the timeline. Hmm. I I must have seen them advertised in an An America magazine. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the order of operations there, uh, because I was. The silliest of little uh, uh, weeaboo nerds. I was a big ADV fanboy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and these were ADV release. Yep. And so, like that dub, that uh, uh, the Gamera dub is just the entire cast of uh, Evangelion. <laughs> um, and I was very excited to hear them coming out of a, uh, a a giant monster movie. And I know I I know I bought the original DVDs. Uh, I bought them, I think there was a, I think, oh man, I can't, I can't even remember. All I know is that in high school I had these on DVD and I watched them, uh, uh, pretty constantly, especially, uh, especially the second film, uh, because that's the, like, that's the easiest to digest Mm. of the set. And, uh, specifically the Shibuya attack scene in, uh, Gamera 3. Uh, because I think that's about the finest special effects sequence that's ever been uh, put to film. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, the entire Gamera Heisei 90s trilogy is is well regarded. Uh, it always comes up when folks are talking about, like, the best kaiju movies and stuff, for sure. Um, so, V, had you seen this movie before? And, and what was your kind of history and knowledge about Gamera going into this? I had not. I had watched uh, a few of the old black and white uh, Showa era Gamera's. Mm. And uh, this is the first of the Heisei films that I had seen. I really like the older, uh, older Showa ones. I had seen uh, Baragon, uh, Gauss, and um, the, the knife guy is escaping me right now. <laughs> yeah, you're on. You're on. Um, I had seen those before and liked them a lot. I, I find, uh, I, I don't love those movies as much as I love my favorite Godzilla movies, but there's just something very endearing mm-hmm. about Gamera's just cute little face and tusks and his big, dumb spinning turtle shell business. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I found myself like, um, 
kind of surprised because I, I love the Gamera series so much and Gamera, like, it feels very dear to my heart. But, like, while I was watching through this set, I've become a, like, letterboxed nerd. And I've been, I, in general, was giving them still kind of lower scores than the best, uh, like, the best Gamera movies were getting lower scores than the best Godzilla movies in my mind. So it's just, like, uh, it, there is sort of a, <laughs> a difference in general quality, I suppose, uh, of those, even though they're dear to me. Um, Alex, uh, had, uh, I know that you hadn't seen this film, but had you seen any of the Gamera movies uh, coming into this? Uh, aside from uh, a couple of the MST3K ones, and not all of them, which is crazy, um, mm. uh, they must be really cheap, by the way, in order to, like in order for them to have gotten so many. I think they have they've done five. Uh, episodes yeah well they would get them they would get like packages of movies mm. and so i think that they just got a package early on of like sandy frank productions yeah uh, yeah that makes sense yeah two uh two season three episodes are gamer episodes so it's like that for one season to have two gamer episodes is pretty uh pretty crazy mm-hmm. um but aside from that no um i have not seen a gamma movie in earnest to the point where we were talking about this beforehand i thought that gamma initially was one of godzilla's monster island friends like angris mm. or mothra yeah. um uh yeah so i i uh, the only thing other thing i knew about gamma is that uh is how he flew around I guess like uh-huh. <laughs> my first, my, honestly, my, my, uh, first exposure in earnest might've been Dragon Ball because, uh, uh yeah. Master Roshi uh, can't fly on Kintone. So he has to fly on baby Gamala. Uh, that's, that's what they, uh, <laughs> I, uh, they translated it, um, as in the, the ocean dub of Dragon Ball. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there is a, a very early South Park episode where, um, they do a big, kai, uh, like tokusatsu kaiju, um, send off uh, and Sidney Poitier transforms into Gamera, um, which is really, <laughs> really crazy. Um, <laughs> but aside from, aside from like all that in pop culture, um, this was my first time watching a Gamera movie. Uh, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, for me personally, my first exposure to Gamera was the Mystery Science Theater uh, 3000 episodes. Um, and I really, really loved those episodes. Those are my favorite MST episodes. I think they just kind of make they those and the Godzilla episodes just are kind of like perfect for that format. Um, uh, and it, it kind of matches the aesthetic of the show, too. Um, so I was always like really you know, fond of the character and loved those episodes, but I definitely thought of him as a joke, like as a dumb thing that came from Japan. Um, and, um, I believe this film is the first time I saw a Gamera film without like the riffing, without the MST treatment. Um, I recall seeing it on the video rental shelf at Blockbuster or wherever, and being kind of like, what the heck, <laughs> Gamera? Like, this is that that dumb uh, turtle from the seventies or whatever, and uh, and renting it kind of as a joke, but being blown away by the special effects and 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 how like crazy it was in general that they were making a quote unquote serious Gamera movie. Um, and so you know, in some ways, I would still kind of laugh at this uh when i was first watching it because it was so ridiculous that they were taking something that i thought was so silly so seriously and yeah this is not to say that camera isn't silly it definitely is but um yeah so that that's my my personal history um uh you know and i've seen this movie a few times uh over the years like i had the dvd sets as well 
Um, and last year I got that uh, Arrow video box set that I had mentioned, and I watched through the entire uh, series from beginning to end. And um, it was cool to see that kind of in context with everything else and see a couple of the Showa movies that I hadn't seen. Uh, <laughs> Gamera versus Jiger, I thought I had seen because I thought it was the same as uh, Zegra. I was like, Zegra, Jiger, kind of the same <laughs> looking word. But um, anyway, yeah, so just to give a kind of general primer on Gamera before we really get into things, um, um, just to give that sort of context for this, um, like Gamera comes from a period in the, like, you know, Godzilla came out in the mid 50s and 50s into 60s, Godzilla had become like super popular. And so basically every other film studio in Japan was like, trying to make their own kaiju movies and they each studio made at least one um and but none of them really caught on the same way that Gamera did and I think that's because Gamera um did a few things differently than Godzilla first of all like in those early Godzilla movies um Godzilla is decidedly the villain like in his first few versus movies it's like King Kong versus Godzilla and Mothra versus Godzilla because Godzilla is the bad guy and even in the kind of later ones where he's fighting fighting King Ghidra and stuff, like Godzilla is saving humanity from a bigger threat, but he himself is still kind of seen as a threat and portrayed as someone to be scared of. He's but, a real Yarrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But 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 he was very very popular with children. Like still at this time period, children loved Godzilla, and uh, Daie like took note of this and. They decided to just go full force into that and be like, Gamera is a friend of children, right? And so, like, this for in the first Gamera movie, this manifests in like, like, you know, Gamera is destroying a building and and the kid he saves a kid from getting hit with rubble or whatever. And and but then by the end of the Gamera like show a series, like kids are riding on his back and singing his theme song and and he's like definitely like a protector of children specifically and a friend of children and and this like was so popular that Godzilla ended up sort of adopting that as well and that's why as you move into the 70s you get these movies where Godzilla like little kids are imagining going to Monster Island and hanging out with Godzilla or Godzilla's son you know and and even in the more uh quote unquote grounded movies like uh kids are cheering for Godzilla as he like goes off into the sunset after being like decidedly heroic you know um, and then the other way that I think the Gamera movies really stand out from Godzilla is that the monsters are a lot more animalistic. They like, whereas Godzilla monsters tend to stand on two feet and kind of fight almost like wrestlers, like Gamera, like a lot of Gamera kaiju are on all fours and are like biting at each other's necks. And it's like pretty vicious. Like by the end of a lot of those Showa movies, even though they are, aimed at kids and pretty cartoony like the monsters are covered in each other's blood and it's pretty like wild there's there's a lot of dismemberment in Gamera Mm -hmm. more than you'd think uh it actually uh I wonder if there isn't a lot of Ultraman Mm. in uh uh Gamera both in terms of him being like the super-powered hero that saves children but also like uh despite not having an eye slugger like when he fights a monster their leg will come off yeah and that's, you know, that's the the big thing about, like, Gauss's 
beam in this, right, is it basically cuts through anything. And so you get some pretty deep cuts where uh, green blood will be flowing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, looking back uh, at the older movies, uh, like when, when Giron deflects the laser and it just cuts off a leg, that that's the same vibe as the Ultraman cutter attacks where it just dismembers definitely. monster. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and to this point, like the Godzilla movies get a little more bloody towards the end of the seventies too. Uh, not quite as extreme as the Gamera movies, but so, so eventually at the, by the end of the seventies, the Kaiju boom kind of faded out and they stopped making Gamera movies. And then eventually Daiei, the studio that was making these went out of business and was bought by Katakawa, different film studio. And then in the nineties, um, Katakawa decided to revive Gamera, uh, in part, I think, due to the fact that there was a revival of Godzilla happening and uh, also the success of Jurassic Park, I think, had a big uh, mm-hmm. thing to do with it. Like, And I think you can see that in this movie. Um, and uh, so, you know, so they, as we'll talk about, they kind of brought in a bunch of people to kind of update the formula and stuff. But a lot of those kind of basic things of being like a friend of children and stuff is still kind of like in the skeleton of this movie. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the staff uh, a bit. Um, the director of this film is Shusuke Kaneko. Uh, he directed all three of the 90s Gamera trilogy. Uh, he also directed a Godzilla movie, Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, which uh, is a mouthful. It's usually called GMK. Uh, um, and that was in, t- in 2001 after he after the 90s Gamera trilogy had wrapped up. Um, and he's also directed two Death Note live action films. Um, Kaneko is interesting. I- I'd seen like later him admitting that he wasn't the biggest fan of Gamera and had like wished at the time that he could make a Godzilla movie. Um, but I think that that's part of that is that attitude is kind of what pushed Gamera in this movie away from the super goofiness of the 70s stuff and, and what uh, kind of brings a little bit of this kind of more, I don't know, uh, more serious attitude towards uh, the monster stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, he, uh, he, he is really interesting because looking at his uh, filmography before... Uh, before he does get uh, uh, Gamera, he mostly uh, directs Roman pornos. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, eh, why is this porn guy getting into monsters? Um, but he apparently when he was like a kid, uh, he was just monster uh, crazy. He would like draw comic books and uh, uh, little encyclopedias of all the monsters that are on uh, Ultraman. Um, he was a big Ultra Q uh, mm. fan. Um, and that's. Uh, important partially because uh, well, uh, because of who writes uh, the this Gamera movie. Um, yeah, do you have? I didn't. I have stuff about Higuchi, but I didn't uh, put anything down about the screenwriter in particular. Do you want okay. to talk about that? So Gamera is uh, Gamera Garden of the Universe. Uh, also in uh, Japanese, it's uh, Gamera. Let me pull up the note. Uh, it's Gamera Daikaiju Kuchu Kisen, uh, which is sometimes translated giant monster midair battle. I like giant monster dogfight. Um, but uh, so this movie is written by Kazunori Ito. Uh, Kazunori Ito, 
is best known as the writer of the uh, first Ghost in the Shell movie, mm. um, which is cr- <laughs> which uh, crazy thing. Uh, Ghost in the Shell and uh, Gamma Guardian of the Universe come out the same year. Mm, wow. Um, he wrote them back to back. So <laughs> that is a that is a crazy year for Kaz- Mr. Kazunori Ito. Kazunori Ito uh, was a member of Headgear, the uh, artist collective that made Creamy Mommy and Pet Labor. Hmm. Uh, he's a longtime collaborator with Mamoru Oshii. Uh, he got his start writing uh, uh, writing Urusei Yatsura scripts, actually. And now here's here's something interesting. Uh, he got his start writing second season Urusei Yatsura scripts. Shusuke Kaneko got his start when he was still a PA. He met uh, uh, Oshi in film school. And Oshi, who was uh, <laughs> like a teenager and uh, uh, like the wunderkind of uh, Tetsunoko Productions, he was in charge of Urusei Yatsura. And he was like, hey, I'm making this uh, TV show. You want to write some scripts? So uh, one of Kaneko's first jobs is writing scripts for Urusei Yatsura. And in the second episode of Urusei Yatsura, he writes uh, a thing about a, a penguin and, a, and a, uh, uh, some baby sparrows that start growing until they reach giant size. And I'm going to send this uh, to you guys over uh, Twitter. You might want to post this uh, uh, in the show notes. The episode ends with the baby birds destroying uh, Tokyo Tower and making a nest in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you got something good and you just want to <laughs> make the most so, of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kazunori Ito, uh, uh, Shis- uh, uh, Shisuke Kaneko, they, uh, they know each other through Oshi. They eventually collaborate. Uh, uh, Kaneko works on some uh, Creamy Mommy scripts uh, while Ito's supervising and they hit it off like they, they have a really good partnership. They actually the first uh, they for a while, they try to they're both uh, uh, Kazunori Ito is a big Ultraman fan. If you ever watch Pat Labor, there are a couple episodes where uh, somebody will have like a, dream, a an extended dream sequence where the show just turns into Ultraman. Hmm. Um, and uh, his favorite version of Ultraman is Ultra Q, one of the first uh one of the first things that headgear does before they do uh pat labor is a short-lived OVA series that's like a bunch of uh sort of like uh uh science fiction uh weird experimental stories and it's like a cross between the twilight zone and ultra q it's called twilight q um uh eventually uh Kazunari Ito and Shisuke Kaneko start shopping or uh, uh, go to Subaraya Productions and uh, they start development on an Ultra Q movie. Eventually, that kind of falls through, and the original uh, director, um, what's his name, Akio Jisoji, uh, winds up taking control of that. Uh, that kind of becomes important later. But uh, uh, those two have a good partnership. The first thing they ever direct, they ever like actually work on together, is of all things, a segment in an American horror anthology called Necronomicon, which is adaptions of non-Cthulhu H.P. Uh, Lovecraft short stories. Mm. It's real schlocky. It's not that great. Uh, the best part of it is Jeffrey Coombs playing H.P. Lovecraft, uh, running through a bunch of crypts uh, in the connecting story. Um, but in that, in that they start, he's, uh, uh, I think there's some horror elements that they start experimenting with there that definitely pay off in 
uh, 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 the, the 90s Gamera. And then finally, uh, 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 Kaneko and uh, uh, Ito, who have been dying to make a giant monster movie, uh, they hear that uh, Daie wants to resurrect the Gamera franchise, and they go to Daie, and Daie, you know, Kaneko has won awards. Uh, Kazunari Ito has won awards. They're a, a podunk little company. They'll say, they say, yeah, sure, we'll we'll make your movie. And so that's how they get involved. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd seen um, an interview with him where they, he said that at one point, Daie or Katakawa or whoever it was in charge at the time, like, uh, pitched him doing a Daimajin uh, movie, but he was like, no, I don't want to do Daimajin. <laughs> do no, no, it's, uh, uh, I heard the opposite uh, uh, the other way around, because uh, oh, okay. Kaneko was like, I don't want to do Gamera, that's kid stuff. What about oh, Daimajin? Okay. And Daie was like, we do not have the funds to do a, uh, a full oh, history, yeah, uh, right. period piece. <laughs> yeah, well, they eventually did a Daimajin TV show set in the uh, modern day, which was a pretty good, interesting movie or, and show. But uh, yeah, so before we get into the cast, um, the other kind of notable staff uh, is Shinji Higuchi, who we've mentioned a couple of times. That's the special effects director. Um, this guy comes from Studio Gainax, uh, notably. Uh, he's done storyboards for Gunbuster, Nadia, uh, Secret of Blue Water, End of Evangelion, which he was the writer and co-creator of the Evangelion series. Uh, he's written on, uh, storyboarded on Kill a Kill, lots of stuff. Uh, but uh, kind of more related to this, he was the special effects director for all three 90s Gamera films, as well as Shin Godzilla, and is the director of the upcoming Shin Ultraman uh, which is produced by Hideaki Anno. I thought that Anno was directing that, but I just saw today in this research that he's just writing and producing it, and um, Higuchi is actually going to be directing Ultraman, so that's that's interesting. Wow. I think yeah. that took some serious restraint on Anno's part, since <laughs> he is such a uh, an Ultraman uh, fan. Mm-hmm. Well, Anno likes Ultraman, but he loves Kamen Rider. Um, yeah. My guess is that as soon as uh, Shin Kamen Rider was on the table, he was like, hey, Higuchi, uh, you want this? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go work on uh, uh, KR. Um, <laughs> yeah, that may be the case. And and as a producer, uh, he probably still has a, quite a bit of control. Yeah, uh, if he wants. Um, but those two make a good team. Shin Godzilla, what a what a good one. <laughs> yeah, as like those two are like best friends. They get they've uh, their partnerships. Uh, 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 they've been they've been friends for a long time. Uh, actually. Uh, it's a famous uh, like little point of fact that Shinji Ikari in uh, Evangelion is named after Shinji Higuchi. Mm. Um, it's always been presented to me as like uh, uh, in honor of the. Uh, but uh, uh, in an interview, uh, Shinji Higuchi uh, said, "Yeah, he named him Shinji because in the script everyone was yelling stupid Shinji, <laughs> and he want he just wanted uh, uh, Higuchi to hear his name, people yelling his na- uh, insults at him uh, in the studio." Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, um, I would yeah. definitely feel insulted if uh, I, Shinji was named after me. <laughs> um, Higuchi is super interesting uh, because he is—he's the only founder of Gainax that uh, wasn't uh, a part of the uh, Daikon film. Mm. Yeah. So he's—he's he's kind of this, uh, this outsider. As far as I can tell, as soon as he graduates high school, he just turns up over at—he uh, turns up over at Toho. Because they are just starting filming on Return of uh, Godzilla, uh, I'll, we would call that Godzilla 1984 over here. Um, and he just shows up, and I guess back in the day, the film lots weren't locked down, 
So you could just like wander over and he wanted to see the Godzilla. And then he started asking like, hey, can I do anything? So there are shots in that movie where uh, Shin, where a teen, uh, 19 year old Shinji Higuchi is wiggling Godzilla's tail. Um, <laughs> nice. He, uh, uh, he kind of bums around Toho for a little while until uh, Studio Gainax puts out a uh, or Daikon film uh, puts out a, uh, a call for people to co- show up and volunteer to help them film their uh, uh, the return of Orochi mm-hmm. uh, or Orochi, the eight headed serpent or whatever that uh, that movie is called. Uh, so then he shows up and he says, hey, I wiggled Godzilla's tail once. And basically, um, uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, basically, basically, he just shows up and then doesn't go home. Yeah, he just stays there and eventually winds up co-directing the special effects. Yeah, um, so like he yeah, he just the like he is one of the most talented storyboard artists uh, in the anime industry. But his passion is for special effects and he does everything that he can uh to get into the special effects uh world so like he should he he helps his his pal ano out on evangelion but then he's uh uh, which evangelion also happening simultaneously with gamera yeah so like he has this crazy uh he has this crazy streak where he storyboards three uh the two middle episodes of macross plus then he goes and directs the first gamera movie then he uh helps uh, Anno start Evangelion and he specifically directs and storyboards the uh, uh, Asuka strikes and both of you dance if you want to win episodes. Mm. Uh, and then he says, all right, peace. And then he goes and uh, does the special effects for uh, 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 the second Gamera movie, Attack of Legion. Like he is just <laughs> his his 94 to 95 is one of the like craziest, like everything this guy is touching is turns to gold. He's uh, uh he, um, sorry, I'm getting, I'm uh, starting to get a little excited because he's just so. He's <laughs> well, so, see, this is what it kind of boils down to. Like, I think a thing that's really important to keep in mind, like not to keep in mind, but like the, the takeaway for me is with him coming from Gynax is that I categorize Gynax. Like, I think the defining feature of Gynax is that it is basically like for nerds by nerds, you know, it's like this super, uh, obsessive otaku, a group of folks that are like making anime and movies for them, like for people like them. And so it's very detail oriented. It's very much like exactly what they wanted to see when they were growing up. And so I think that you get that from Higuchi in this, when you look at the cities and stuff, the, the reason why all the special effects are so remarkable is because he is super like detail oriented and, 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 wants to give you all the pyrotechnics that he wanted to see as a kid and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know? And, um, I'll, I will wrap up because, uh, I know I can, uh, I've been going on a bit. Uh, so Shinji Higuchi, Higuchi also, uh, uh, splits off from Gainax and founds, uh, studio Gonzo, mm-hmm. um, alongside, uh, uh, one of the other founding members of studio Gonzo is Mahiro Maeda, uh, famous, uh, uh, well, I mean, uh, animator, director, concept mm-hmm. artist. Uh, uh, Higuchi and Maeda uh, form kind of like this little concept art pair. Uh, and they get they actually uh, uh, work for a little while over at Tsuburaya Productions doing uh, uh, monster designs for Ultraman... Uh, is it Ultraman Great or Ultraman Power? Ultraman Great, which also had, was written by Kazunori Ito. So that's how Ito meets those two. Mm. When uh, Gamera Guardian of the Universe starts up, 
uh, he brings the, uh, uh, those guys over to start doing concept work uh, design for it. While the producers are uh, checking out their designs one day, Higuchi just idly says, hey, uh, who, have you, who are you getting to do those special effects? And they say, uh, we really haven't picked anybody yet. And Higuchi just says, could, could I do them? And they say, <laughs> yes. That's how Shinji Higuchi gets the job doing the special effects for Gamera. Um, like, as far as I can tell, his entire career has been pre- is predicated on just showing up somewhere and then asking, hey, can I direct special effects for you? Yeah. And people keep saying yes, and the and it's always the right decision. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, surely they see something in him that that lets them, uh, you know, it's one thing to let a kid wiggle Godzilla's tail; it's another thing to <laughs> to to let him uh, blow up cities with Gamera. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a remarkable fellow. I, I want to real quick run through the actors, and then we can get into talking about the movie itself. Um, so I kind of split this. There's kind of the Gamera team and the Gauss team. Uh, the Gamera team of actors are uh, led by Ayako Fujitani, who plays Asagi Kusanagi, the young girl that has the bond between her and Gamera. Uh, she is Steven Seagal's daughter, uh, which I think is interesting. Uh, her mother Wait, is yeah. She, her mother is <laughs> Aikido Master Miyako Fujitani. So. Um, and she initially wasn't actually even interested in pursuing acting, but had met uh, the director of this at a film festival, and he was like, you're who I want to be in my movie. So, um, yeah, that's, that's cool. And then she ended up being in uh, the all three of the Gamera films. Uh, she has a handful of other acting roles throughout the years, including uh, she's in Michelle Gondry's segment in Tokyo uh, and in Dave Boyle's Man from Reno and in an episode of Ultraman Max. Um, she's also a writer, uh, has published several novellas, essays, and short stories. One of her novellas was adapted into a film called Shikijutsu, uh, which she also stars in. Yeah, which was directed by Hideki Anno. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, uh, who I guess, I think uh, they met when uh, Anno directed a documentary about the making of Gamera 3. Mm. Wow. Okay. Guy, when you said Steven Seagal's daughter, I was waiting for you to say uh, in, uh, in, in nope. insert movie here. Nope. Like, Full stop. <laughs> no, although she does play Steven Seagal's daughter, like uh, uh, her and Steven Seagal uh, uh, are in the same movie. Like, is it in, uh, might be in The Last Ship, which is a TV show. Hmm. Um, mm. There's there no, it's in the Patriot. She plays uh, Steven Seagal's daughter in the Patriot. Nice. Um, uh, Kira Onodera plays uh, Naoya Kusanagi, uh, Asagi's father. Um, this guy, he's done a lot of TV acting, uh, starting in the seventies. Uh, he's in several Tsubi Bakanishi, aka Free and Easy films, the the fishing movies that are written by Yoji Yamada. Um, and more recently, he's appeared in the Neko Samurai movie, the Samurai Cat movie in 2014, uh, which is a pretty charming movie. Um, I love that guy's hair in this movie. <laughs> uh, nice and tall. Um, Tsuyoshi Ihara plays um, Yoshinari Yoi, uh, Yono, uh, sorry, Yone Mori, uh, the, the Marine officer who's investigating Gamera. Uh, he's in 13 Assassins, actually, as uh, Hiriyama, the disciple of uh shinzaiman um, oh. yeah 
And um, he's also in Letters from Iwo Jima and the two Samurai Hustle movies, which are a couple of recent uh, movies that I've seen a little bit about. I haven't actually watched those, but um, folks might know that that title. Um, the And then the Gauss team, we've got Shinobu Nakayama, who plays Mayumi Nagamine, the uh, ornithologist. Uh, she's the younger sister to a singer slash actress, Miho Nakayama. Um, she has some acting credits. Uh, she's in the Jet, Li- Jet Li movie, Fist of Legend. She's in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 from 1993, so preceding this. And she's mainly uh, still acting in, on television. Um, uh, then we've got uh, someone familiar to all of us here, I think. Uh, Yukijiro Hotaru, who plays Inspector Osako. Uh, yeah, we know this guy. Pepe. He was Kamiya, right? From the Kamiya, that's right. Because he was all yelling Pepe. Sorry, I can't ever take, <laughs> kill them apart. I always think of him as Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the goofball electronics guy. Maybe, maybe I wrote it down wrong. I don't remember, but like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah he's way, Kamiya. He, yeah, we we talked about him in that Zerum episode. So if you want to know a little bit more about him, check that episode out. Um, it's a fun episode. You should listen to it anyway. Um, and um, the final like human actor or out of suit actor here uh, that I have written down is uh, Hirotaro Honda, who plays Mr. Saito, the EPA guy who's always kind of like fighting against uh, them in boardrooms and stuff like that <laughs> in this movie. And this guy, he is in Shall We Dance, Dead or Alive, and Kamikaze Girls, um, which we've all three of those we've covered. I looked up his characters in each of those and was like, I don't remember who he was. He was like a king of the, or king, the boss, a Yakuza boss in Kamikaze Girls. Um, but um, yeah, so he, we, I definitely was like, I feel like I've seen this guy before mm-hmm. and it's because we have. Um, <laughs> he's in a lot of Tokusatsu stuff as well. Uh, Kikaida Reboot, Kamen Rider, Super Sentai, Space Sheriff, uh, Superhero Tyson Z. Uh, and um, Kamen Rider the First uh, are some of his credits. And um, then uh, lastly, I just wanted to shout out some of the suit actors. Gamera is played by a couple people here, uh, Take, uh, Takateru Manabe and Jun Suzuki. Uh, looks like they're uh, just suit actors who've been in a number of things. And then um, Yumi Kameyama plays Gauss and uh, as well as the female newscaster. Yeah, she is the first woman to ever play a monster in a giant monster movie. I thought it was noteworthy, uh, seemed noteworthy to me that that was a female um, actor in in that part. Yeah, um, um, there's two, uh, uh, in an interview, uh, Shinji, somebody asked him, why did, why did you cast a woman? And uh, Shinji Kuji said, uh, there's two reasons. Uh, one, I wanted to make a... Uh, I thought that it would be good to open up the industry to women as well. And that's a nice answer. The other answer is uh, he was shooting um, the Gauss suit needed the smallest possible performer because of the shape of the head. And uh, also like they were shoot <laughs> uh, because of the budget, they made everything at a slightly smaller scale than a normal uh, giant monster movie would be made at. So the, the, the Gamera and Gauss suits were also made at a smaller size, so they used mm. smaller actors to save money. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like such a, like, if we have smaller actors, we can save money. <laughs> smaller money. Um, <laughs> Jumping yeah, back. I love that she appears as the um, newscaster. That's cool. 
Um, I was going to say, jumping back to Mr. Saito for a second, is that supposed to be like an homage to William Atherton's character in Ghostbusters? Uh, because oh he God. is also yeah. EPA and just like constantly <laughs> opposes the heroes. Yeah. I think that might just be the attitude of the time. <laughs> I mean, I can confirm that that man has no dick. Um, this is this is the guy with the glasses, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, uh, there is a really, really funny moment with him. Uh, I could save this for later, but since we're talking right. about him, um, where where he's like, "Oh, this is almost as rare as the uh, the great Japanese ibis," and the response is, "Well, the ibis doesn't eat people." And then he has this like really flummoxed look on his face afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that yeah was he very was good. great. I wanted to shout him out because he was really enjoyable to watch, yeah. and like, I don't know, the closest thing we have to a villain besides Gauss in this movie. Um, there's also a couple of really nice, uh, giant monster movie, uh, cameos early in the film. Um, the captains of the two vessels that, uh, 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 encounter, uh, Gamera floating in the ocean at the very beginning are played by Kojiro Hongo and Akira Kubo. Uh, Kojiro Hongo, uh, had starred in several, uh, Gamera movies. Um, and Akira Hongo, uh, uh, was, uh, uh, in a bunch of uh, really good uh, Godzilla movies, including uh, Monster Zero and Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. That name sounded familiar. Yeah, he also it also seemed like he was supposed to be somebody like a famous cameo or something. Yeah, uh, like the way he showed up, the captain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and it also made me like think about like oh he's, he he comes up he's like oh yeah I I couldn't sleep I was thinking too much, uh, and it made me realize oh wow I guess captains have to like in the middle of you know the night and if they want to go up to the the deck or whatever they have to you know put on their uniform again <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just, yeah i didn't have to Just I, sleep in your uniform yeah i that way. <laughs> never never thought about it like that ever <laughs> all right so uh i'm gonna go through the brief synopsis and then we can talk about uh what we thought of the movie so uh like I kind of mentioned, there we follow these two teams of characters as they investigate some strange happenings. Uh, there's the team investigating a mysterious atoll that uh, has surfaced in the Pacific, which turns out to be Gamera, and the team investigating the strange giant flying creatures that they call birds at first, uh, which are Gauss, uh, and Gauss is eating people and wreaking general havoc. Uh, it turns out that uh, Gauss and Gamera are creations of an ancient civilization, perhaps Atlantis. And Gauss wiped out that civilization, but before they were totally gone, they created Gamera to protect the Earth. And uh, Gauss has sort of been uh, hibernating, or the eggs have been incubating, uh, but due to pollution and, and, and stuff that we're doing to the Earth, uh, the time is now right for Gauss to reemerge, and uh, so Gamera is not far behind. And so high schooler Asagi Kusanagi uh, is given a strange bead that is found on Gamera uh, before he awoke, and the mystical bond is formed between the two of them, and she empathizes with the giant turtle, and uh, when he is injured, uh, so is she in some some rough scenes. Um, uh, One of the Gauss grows extra big and uh, makes a big nest atop the Tokyo Tower, as we had mentioned earlier, and is planning to reproduce and terrorize the rest of the planet. However, Gamera confronts the giant Gauss, and after there's much destruction to the city, uh, Gamera is 
fueled by the bond between he and Asagi and uh, her dad, I guess, <laughs> as well, uh, and uh, lets loose a giant fireball that blows Gauss to kingdom come. That is, in a nutshell, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Um, so, um, Alex, I'm curious, as uh, your first uh, Gamera movie in, uh, you know, for reals, uh, what <laughs> did you think of this? Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. Um, I uh, I admittedly thought it was kind of slow. I think there's a lot of... Um, I thought I, I wrote down that there was a lot of um, human business, like mm-hmm. in the way of like the uh, you know the mystical bead and stuff like that. Uh, like there's a, the thing I appreciated the most about it though is that everybody is going like super like super hard like into it like yeah like there's no like what do you mean monsters don't exist it's like oh yeah of course they exist and <laughs> and we're gonna use all these really like we're gonna use a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo words to talk about it um like it's a real thing um i like that um i also really appreciated that there is a shin godzilla-esque um bureaucratic focus yeah on, like where they're like oh well we well we have to like you know have you know, get all these papers signed and stuff before we can attack it or you know because this is strictly a defense yeah. force mm-hmm. very um like yeah very shin godzilla i really liked that and um i you know i i think that that kind of subversion of these um these kaiju tropes is is like one that kind of grounds it in a a reality like ours is, is kind of neat yeah. um uh, but what, the thing that I really that I, I circled this in my notes or um, I highlighted anyway, I wrote down this movie really delivers on monster fights. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's uh, I feel like that's what I've been missing with some of the kaiju stuff that I've been watching, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, lately, because uh, I've been watching the legendary uh, Godzilla oh, right. movies, um, which are good. Uh, you know, I have I have fun with them, but I really uh, there's nothing like these these monster fights there's a lot of destruction uh and it's like it's not just destruction it's fun creative destruction the tokyo Mm. tower thing i thought was really cool and really funny Mm -hmm. um i I said to myself as it was being blown up i'm like oh no there goes one piece tokyo tower Oh no! Uh, (laughs) it's okay the one piece part's not there anymore yeah Um, that's true but uh i i did think it was really funny uh let's see what did i write here uh about tokyo tower uh at first you think that oh yeah i i thought i thought to myself well at least like the bottom part of tokyo tower is still like standing and then that part gets blown up by gamera <laughs> <laughs> so, he's so like i'll that. finish this for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um when they're like ah oh, god i i I, <laughs> uh, I really like the back half of this movie a lot more than than the front half mm-hmm. um yeah. there's there's a ton of setup that i thought was fine mm-hmm. um and you know, kind of necessary, but for me, it was like the last half of the movie that I was like pumping my fist and really, really, um, really into, uh, yeah. I, I can talk more about, uh, what I liked about it. Um, when we get to favorite parts and stuff, but, um, I'll, uh, I'll leave it there. Sure. Yeah. Just a, a quick note on that thing about the defense force and stuff. I think an interesting thing about this movie is that it was actually made with a cooperation with the real, uh, Japanese defense force military and so that's why you get so many of these like cool shots of like actual uh machines rather than having to like recreate them with miniatures and stuff like that uh do you know why uh it was made with the cooperation of the jsdf uh i 
I'm just saying this off the top of my head because I've listened to the commentaries like <laughs> five months ago or something. So like I don't remember, but I definitely uh, uh, that's the only. Bit it's because the JSDF works for free. Okay. Uh, so so when because uh, they, they they were like initially talking to them, and when they when uh, Kaneko found out that the JSDF, if you as long as you don't show them in a super negative light, they'll just show up. And, like, bring all their tanks and move in formation and be soldiers. Like, all of the soldiers on screen are soldiers. Huh. Uh, and you're like, oh, wow, that's an incredible value add yeah. um, <laughs> to our incredibly poorly budgeted movie. And it looks great. It looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, V, uh, how was uh, – what were your thoughts about seeing this movie? I had a real tough time with this one. Um, anytime Gamera was on screen, I was pretty happy. Uh, but all the human scale stuff I was incredibly bored by. I was really expecting there to be more like kid stuff. And I guess they're trying to move away from that and make it a little more serious. Uh, and I also got the Shin Godzilla vibes, but just the, I don't know, like Shin Godzilla is doing all of the weird, like government bureaucracy stuff to a point, And it just felt like it was filling time here almost. Mm. Um, but the act, uh, it also doesn't help that I guess I just really hate any pterodactyl style kaiju uh, because <laughs> after uh, shit talking Rodan a lot, I also uh, really dislike the gas design. Mm. Um, uh, I am curious to watch the other Heisei movies because I've seen Legion and Iris and think they're some of the coolest uh, kaiju designs I've ever seen. Uh, even though I haven't seen those movies, but Gauss was just very, ugh. yeah. Gauss is like a classic, as you know this, but yeah. I'm just saying this. Gauss is a classic uh, from the from the Showa era, and then those other two are new, designed for the '90s. Yeah, and those two uh, are are very '90s designed. Uh, and I guess like rebooting the series, it makes sense to go back to an established uh, recurring threat. Um, but yeah, um, just, just not, not my favorite. Yeah. Somebody who would agree with you, V, uh, Shinji Higuchi, uh, he was <laughs> very, dis he, uh, uh, he was actually very disappointed with how the special effects in this movie came out and, uh, which is great, you know, for the time crazy, but, uh, uh, like going forward when you uh, there is a scene where Gamera fights a bunch of Gauss in Gamera 3 and it is one of the best looking special effects sequences I've ever seen in my entire life and you start to understand just how big his ambitions actually were and the like I find a lot of charm in like the hand puppets with their mm -hmm. with their big googly eyes but they're all they also are absolutely hand puppets with big googly eyes they <laughs> uh uh they just don't hold up in the same way that a few years later, full CGI would do those designs a lot better. Yeah. I like the designs. I just, I think the, um, I think the flying effect is weak. Like flying yes. kaiju just doesn't work. Like, uh, unfortunately, which that's the stuff about the movie. I actually find really endearing. I like the fact that this is like a, uh, moderate budget like modern feeling movie and then you just have googly eyed hand puppets <laughs> um because like yeah there's there's weird artifice there but like i said it's endearing uh that 
that Gamera looks real muppety yeah. in this. And I really love how goofy the flying scenes are. And it's all like played pretty seriously. And the detail that goes into the actual like miniatures and set designs, uh, even though those don't feel like real places most of the time, it all creates a kind of like coherent feeling that I really like when, when you're actually doing the big monster stompy business. Mm-hmm. The um, fluffy clouds are so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked uh, the, the last third of the movie. Uh, I like any time that that Gamera is on screen doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I just had a real tough time with the rest of it. OK, uh, that's understandable. Um, David, what did you think uh, visiting it this time? So uh, I tweeted after we watched it that the worst part of Gamera uh, guarding the universe is knowing that the other two Gamera movies exist. Uh, <laughs> I kind of stand by that. The, like this movie is really like, honestly, I, I like uh, 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 it's, it's weird. I'm kind of a flip uh, to V. I like the human stuff a lot more than I think I actually like the special effects stuff in this movie. Um, because I like that, uh, the, the human characters have just enough charm and, uh, they do just enough things are bouncing off of each other. Um, there are the bureaucracy stuff, uh, like in a post Shin Godzilla world, they definitely feel like Shin Godzilla stuff, but actually, you know, knowing that Kazunar Ito is writing mm-hmm. this, it, there's a little bit of pat labor and like, mm, yeah. you know, here we are, these, uh, uh, your lovable bumbling experts. Why isn't, why are the serious people, uh, taking us, uh, 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 seriously in a moment of crisis? Um, like I, I was enjoying like the scientific expedition to find the gauss and going through the poop. Like I know that that's directly lifted from, uh, Jurassic Park, but also like, it's really neat that the yeah. monsters poop in this movie. I've never <laughs> seen a giant monster poop before. Um, there's a but like those are the things that I really engaged with a lot more on this rewatching and the actual like large scale monster effects kind of left me a little cold, which felt like I like some part of my heart had died. Like mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, no, I'm no longer uh, I no longer have a child uh, inside <laughs> of my heart. I've, I've become one of the adults. Um, but it's still pretty good. It's still really yeah. good. It's still better than any 90s Godzilla movie. Mm. Um, uh, which, <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, so I asked you guys, uh, before we recorded to watch, uh, uh, just a little, cl- uh, uh, set of clips from, uh, the Godzilla movie that had come up previous to this Godzilla versus space Godzilla. Um, just out of curiosity, how much do you think that this, the budget for Godzilla versus space Godzilla was, uh, based on what I saw, it looked very like TV Sentai like level like power rangers it's um, like sub sentai like the the fight scenes from that look like the the most like we just have a sound stage that we made some paper mache garbage <laughs> Herman running through the around <laughs> i mean i i did like the monsters though i thought that godzilla looked cool uh i might be alone in this and i liked mini or not i guess that's not manila that's a. Uh, Baby Godzilla. Baby I don't know. I thought, I thought like the, they looked however I envisioned them to look like in mm-hmm. the nineties, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that didn't, that didn't, uh, I don't know. I thought that I thought <laughs> maybe I just have, um, 
I have no real basis for comparison, but I thought it looked fine. <laughs> no, I think so, I think the design of uh, Godzilla at that point is fine. I just think the suits are kind of stiff. They're um, very stiff. Yeah. Um. So Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla was made for uh, 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 ten million uh, uh, USD. Uh, uh, budget of uh, I can't my 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 artist brain can't process a number that large with uh, so many uh, commas. That's ten million dollars USD is what Google's telling me, which is like twice uh, of Gamera. Oh, I was gonna say twice of Clerks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you want to get really low budget, which means that Clerks cost the same as Gamera. Wow, that's what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. Gamera was made for four uh, four point five million dollars. It was made for half. The price of that movie and it looks so wow. much better mm-hmm. it is um. like we, like just looking at the number and made in a few months too like the the production was very rushed uh partially because they, they didn't pick shinji higuchi until he, he wrote, raised his hand uh he uh, uh uh when they announced the film was being made uh higuchi was so fresh on the project that his name card uh, was actually uh, the name like they had like an announcement ceremony. They, Japanese movies always have like little announcement press uh, uh, conferences, and at the press conference, everybody has like a little name card. And his name card was uh, on the back of it had the name of an actress who wasn't there. And he realized, oh, because she canceled, they made a spot for me, and I can <laughs> I can come and sit here. And he had been like he had been thinking about this thing for like a day, um, <laughs> and then. Uh, he said, like, yeah, we'll use computers and stop motion, the latest in technology. And he had no plans. He had absolutely no plans. <laughs> every part of the, the the actual monster production was very, very rushed, and very, very under budget the whole way through. Um, But again, it looks really good. Yeah, I yeah. will say also, like, uh, the the love and care that went into the the suits and effects in this really show through, even if they're not... It, it, even if I said they're kind of Muppety uh, and also important to remember, like we're compa- uh, Jurassic Park was a big contemporary that they were kind of like shooting for with this. But that's something that costs like 15 times the amount yeah. to make. Uh, and this this does look like it's a less expensive movie, but it also doesn't look like the you're you're crab goaltenders and calamari wrestlers of the world <laughs> you, yeah. you know um it's the jurassic park thing it's so funny you, you guys bring that up because i the first note i wrote down was jurassic park vibes like even before like you yeah. know thumbing through the poop i i don't know like it it's very very clear um in a lot of areas like especially at the end where gamera like does a little dino yell like the t-rex <laughs> at the end of uh and the whole like plot twist where they're like Gauss can like change their yes. uh, sex so that they can reproduce. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, uh, yep, great new idea you had here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're talking about uh, you know genetically modifying every like you know it's very mm-hmm. it's very much very much uh, Jurassic Park inspired and and I don't think. Uh, it doesn't seem like they they cared at all. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know that's fine. Uh, even at the end, uh, uh, like when Gamera's doing his like, uh, uh, you stay good, kids, uh, kind of like nod to uh, uh-huh. to the human characters. Like the music that plays underneath is almost literally the Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like note, for, like it's like 
Da 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 like I I could and like not to besmirch the fine name of Ko Otani, uh who uh, we should have mentioned, uh, he did the sound music for this. He also did the music for Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, and also Gundam Wing, which is nice. Uh, GMK. Like, like, He's done yeah, a GMK, bajillion like, things. Yeah, great, great uh, uh, composer. But like at the end, uh, again, I'm watching... Uh, 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 I think I was watching it on the couch with my wife, uh, who was uh, busy uh, reading a book. And uh, she had to put the book down because I, I just screamed. I was like, ah! <laughs> when uh, uh, that music started, because I could not believe that this movie, which had so far, like just kind of just kind of done like style uh, uh, homages, just literally pulled whole cloth. Um, yeah, well, the last time we had you on, we watched the Japanese Terminator. Um, and uh, now we've watched the J- Japanese Jurassic Park. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. So um, my general thoughts, I, I like this movie a lot. Um, I think that. Um, I think it's interesting the way that they kind of modernize a lot of the Gamera tropes like I had sort of been mentioning earlier. Like, um, I think casting him as being this, like, guardian of humanity right from the start, like, makes it a little bit more believable uh, that he's he's the hero. Uh, whereas a lot of times with Kaiju, it's like, why are they, you know, <laughs> why are they protecting humanity? And I, and I like this sort of, like, um, psychic mystical link with, uh, with the young girl, which kind of gives you that friend of children vibes without it just sort of being, you know, the sort of campy 60s, 70s, uh, you know, schoolboy in short shorts screaming up to Gamera type thing. Um, and I think I think the movie moves at a really good pace, uh, honestly. I This may be just the fact that my brain's been rotted by too many Showa uh, kaiju films, but, like, uh, when I watch this, like, I like that there's these two... The fact that there's these two different teams and they're kind of doing different stuff um, that we can cut back and forth at a pretty good clip um, holds my interest. And, and like David was saying, I, I find the characters endearing. Um, and, um, you know, it's not the whole kind of like, what do we do about the monster is often my least favorite part of a kaiju movie. Um, but I think that they pull it off pretty well. Um, and yeah, and of course the special effects are kind of the star here. Um, uh, like we mentioned, the, the, the flying gauss doesn't look super great to me. There's some sort of unfortunate digital missiles, uh, (laughs) that don't, uh, hold up, but like, you know, it, it gives it a certain amount of charm, uh, like V was saying. And I think that it's, uh, you know, um, in general, really, really great to look at, like all those sets and stuff. It's so great to see them uh, and then to see them crumble. Um, I like Gauss's design. I like, I especially like the kind of derpy baby ones uh, with the googly eyes. Um, And as for Gamera, I just think that he's perfect looking. Like, I think this Gamera is perfect. Like it, the later, the one thing that I have kind of against the next two Gamera movies is that they kind of badass up his design a bit. They make him spikier and meaner looking. And um, I think this is just sort of like perfect balance of like cool looking. He's like cooler looking than the Showa movies, but he still is like cute and friendly looking. Um, and so uh, that is one of the reasons why this uh, movie is is sometimes uh, one of my favorites. Of, of the three, uh, I just really prefer the gamer design in this one 
Um, but, um, you know, um, I, yeah, I feel like the Heisei Godzilla movies are kind of a mixed bag, but the Gamera trilogy in general is very solid. And, you know, um, I wouldn't, you know, I totally get, uh, any complaints about this one, um, not being, you know, super jam packed with like monster action and stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of like good stuff uh on the human level as well you know uh there's a device this movie likes using a whole lot and it's the spinning newspaper device oh man (laughs) uh they do it like five times it's crazy uh it's it's almost like uh have y'all ever seen johnny dangerously Mm -hmm. yeah they use that as a device like so so much just as as a joke and it almost seems uh like parody in this as well yeah like the amount of times they use it and the baseball like it wasn't a spinning newspaper but when they like they uh have focus on you know the um like the sports page Mm -hmm. uh I don't know. I just couldn't help but laugh because the music sting is really like serious <laughs> too. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of really like cheesy, cheesy stuff that I, I found quite funny. Like when, uh, they see Gamera for the first time and they're running and running and running and, uh, the ramen bowl falls. It's just a shot of the ramen bowl falling. Uh, <laughs> super funny. Uh, and, uh, when they're buying meat, uh, there's a wipe, uh, and it's, yeah, and, that- and it wipes to the cooked meat. <laughs> <laughs> the wipe i think there's a couple wipe transitions it just gets me especially with the like i i really love otani's score even though he is just very clearly aping john williams mm. but yeah. a john williams sounded like and then wipe transitions i was like wait a uh-huh. second <laughs> yeah it was ve- and and a lot of the camera work is very uh is very interesting a lot of um like pans from other people to, to, to you know close-ups it, it felt Zooming very in on people yeah it felt like jurassic park in that way kind of mm-hmm. as well uh in, in in like the camera work i thought that was really interesting uh like really capitalizing on that on that jurassic park success and um uh, I, i'm actually really curious if you have the figures do you know how much this made i don't uh it did not actually make that much money ah. uh it made six million dollars so like it recouped it that you know for four million dollars, that's two million dollars profit. Um, that's not Godzilla mo- money by any uh, stretch of the imagination. What it was was astonishingly critically acclaimed. Really, um, all the reviews were really strong. At the 17th Yokohama Film Festival, it uh, uh, took the awards for best supporting actress for Shinobu Nakayama, best director, best screenplay, and best special effects. What? What? Yeah. Are- did nothing else come out that year? <laughs> no offense. I mean, best screenplay is surprising to me, but other, uh, you know, special effects uh, for sure. Well, Kazunori Ito also won that for writing Ghost in the Shell. So, mm. Mm. okay, again, he had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. So let's let's talk about some favorite parts of the film, David. Uh, what would be something that you'd select as your favorite part? Oh gosh, there's a bunch. Um, I know. <laughs> uh. Okay, so um, when we talk about Shinji Higuchi doing the special effects, I think the Shinji Higuchi difference is that he is a storyboardist. Like, he, like his training is as a storyboard artist. And there is a quality to his special effects that few other special effects directors have, which is that he is composing his effects for a, sh- for a specific shot as opposed to just making the thing happen. Mm. And there's a big difference. So, like, in, that Godzi- in, in those Godzilla clips the special effects 
are making beams come out of uh, uh, monsters, but they aren't necessarily thinking about the best composition for the beams coming out of the monsters. Uh, Shinji Higuchi is absolutely thinking about the best ways to compose these shots for maximum uh, 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 impact. So, like, the way that Gamera appears is not just, like, Gamera stands up out of water. It's through the view through the night vision viewfinder of an attack helicopter uh, chasing another monster. Like, that's mm-hmm. a really cool shot and a really it, uh, uh, cool framing for that shot. And, like, uh, uh, the way that the Gauss are revealed for the first... Uh, for the first time over the Tokyo Dome, is that the the spotlights are shining and you can just see their silhouettes hmm. breaking the beams. There are some really, really smart uh, images. The Gauss on top of the uh, nesting on top of Tokyo Tower at sunset, like that's that's a real. Uh, uh, speaking of Akio Jisoji, like that's a real Ultraman mm-hmm. uh, sunset makes monsters look cool thing. Yeah, but definitely. Like, it's a it's a really striking image. It sticks with you after after the movie in a way that. I can't think of very many scenes in a Godzilla movie that stick with me uh, in terms of their composition, in terms of the image that they're presenting. So I think uh, one of the big takeaways from this movie that I have is uh, uh, just the way that it frames the monster fights. Yeah, Um, definitely. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry, it sounded like you were going to keep going. I was, um, there's a part of me that wants to keep going, but when I keep going, I just keep going. So why sure, don't you sure. Go? Well, let's just see. Uh, so V, what would you say is your favorite part of the movie? Uh, what is hands down my favorite part is after that, uh, the shot of Gamma emerging from the water in night vision. He just mm-hmm. slaps the baby Oh, gas yeah. into yeah. the oil refinery and it explodes <laughs> and i was so excited for things to actually happen in the movie at that point because i wanted monsters to do things i like actually cheered uh, <laughs> it was just like bah! oh yeah that got a big laugh out of me for sure <laughs> okay um, i got i remembered i remember my thing now my okay. concept about my thing, <laughs> my thing is the taxi cab driver. Yes. Oh my god! Holy shit! This guy. Sorry, I. <laughs> He's so good. I, I had to write a note about this guy. Like she's like, take me to the monster. He's like, no way. And then she just goes, please. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> and then he gets to like live out his like action movie dream of oh uh, my God. driving through a police barricade. Yeah, the, I almost chose that. I was considering, I was going to see what everybody ran through, and I almost chose the taxi driver as my favorite part of the film. God. Like, so the, the, I get what you're saying about the human characters in this movie, but that guy, uh, two thumbs <laughs> way up. There's, um, there's a one thing, again, watching this movie uh, through the lens of this is uh, uh, written by a an anime writer and mm-hmm. uh, like that that taxi scene like if that like that was really good in live action but if that was animated <laughs> i could definitely see like the co- the comedic timing just killing when he breaks through the uh uh the the, the whatever it's called that cars yeah. can't go through yeah it it uh, really worked for me just because i was like ah a refreshing taste of uh truck yarrow in this camera movie <laughs> yeah some uh traffic cops getting what's coming to them <laughs> um so um 
Alex, what was your favorite part? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I think I showed you guys my note earlier. Um, it's uh, towards the end where Gamera and Gauss are flying into space. And uh, and Gamera, like, he's 90, he, he's 90% of the way uh, suplexing mm-hmm. Gauss. Um, but... Uh, but I guess misses, you know, like <laughs> he manages to like what cut off Gauss's leg or something. Yeah, he loses his grip because the leg just comes off. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then he comes down and explodes. Uh, <laughs> like that whole sequence uh-huh. um, was a, a roller coaster of emotion for me because uh, as soon as they started flying through the sky, I was like, oh man. It'd be really dope if could I'm sorry if Gamera uh, suplex Gauss like from space, <laughs> and then as soon as they get into space, I was like, oh no! And then he gets him, and then it's like happening. I was so excited, and then it didn't happen. And then his and, leg pops off. Yeah. <laughs> and and then like oh no, Gamera! It was I was legitimately like sad for Gamera because I wanted him to have that like. Ah, oh, God, I, the fireball is really cool, but it would have been really awesome if Garamara had had finished him off with that that <laughs> suplex. That would have been really, really cool. Um, it also doesn't hurt that my favorite fight in all of Dragon Ball um, is, uh, or Dragon Ball Z rather, is um, uh, Rikum versus Vegeta, mm. and um, and he does that to Vegeta, uh, like he he does like a soup like a humongous suplex from the air. Um, yeah, that's that's one of those moves that I really like a, a seismic toss, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Shout outs to Charizard versus Magmar. That's right. That's right. Love that. Love that. Love that from the Pokemon anime. Um, yeah, that's that's like, I think, hands down my favorite part. Um, nice. But there are like, you know, there's a lot of little things in this movie that I think are really fun, like sprinkled around. Uh, yeah. I want to shout out to a, a, a particular part where um uh, Gauss and you know and Gamera are chasing each other through uh, Tokyo, and like they're like, oh, they're going to Rapongi. Another oh, going to Akihabara, and as soon as they mentioned them going to Akihabara, I wanted a shot of like a whole bunch of like nerds, uh, like <laughs> with binoculars and like uh, lawn chairs, just like sitting yeah. out and going, oh, cool. Like uh, there's um there's an Urasawa comic about that in um in sneeze kind of like we're in a uh, like a sort of post-apocalyptic tokyo where kaiju you know rule the earth like a um an otaku from france comes to uh visit tokyo and because he wants to see a kaiju um that's that's like that comic is what this that little five second thing reminded me of uh so i just had all of these like preconceived notions (laughs) like oh man i hope you see a bunch of like otaku being really excited <laughs> that uh like their kaiju flying around um yeah yeah bringing it back to that taxi driver that he has that line too where he's like if you're a you know kaiju freak you should just go see a movie you know yeah yeah <laughs> I, I love i love i love that this world like really leans into this like oh yeah kaiju exist um and it's just a fact of life um yeah uh <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's a <laughs> there's a lot of really fun expositiony shit that I like in this movie, um, where uh, I think when they learn that oh yeah this is called Gamera and that thing is called Gauss, and then at one point like the, on the news they're like 
they basically say from now on, from this point in the movie, <laughs> we will call this creature Gamera and this creature yeah. Gauss. Like it's it, it's very funny. Like it almost seems very self um, self aware, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just like little stuff like that sprinkled throughout the movie that I I really happen to enjoy. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Update the wiki, nerds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say. Um... <clears throat> My favorite part uh, on the human level is definitely that uh, taxi driver. I think that that part was re- really funny. Um, and then it gave us a pretty cool shot of them on the bridge uh, uh, or dam or wherever they were at. And um, But as far as like my favorite camera scene, it is that one where he's hunting down the Gauss babies in the um, baseball dome just because like... I think all the destruction and stuff just looks especially good at night. Like, um, you know, this isn't one of those things where people are like, oh, uh, they it's too dark. You can't see the monsters. You know, they just did a night scene so that you could obscure the effects or whatever. It's just like, I think it's very clearly shot. It's just that the, you know, monster in front of a black uh, sky with, uh, you know, buildings crumbling and blowing up and stuff uh, just looks super good. Um, although that 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 big big kind of money shot explosion at the end is very good, um, you can tell they really pumped a lot of uh, pyrotechnics into that. Um, yeah. So shall we dance? Um, an American remake. Um, could it happen? Uh, should it happen? Um, I think this is pretty portable i mean we've already mm-hmm. seen a lot of uh godzilla american godzillas uh to sort of mix success but i'd say general success well I- let me float this by you guys <laughs> have the legendary movies already remade Ga- uh the gamera trilogy it's really funny that you're that you mentioned that because when i was watching this movie i was immediately thinking about our shall we dance because uh this this sort of reminds me of the first legendary Godzilla in mm. in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. There's um, this ancient uh, uh, triangle headed uh, monsters that reproduce uh, yeah. at a strange rate. Their ancient predator uh, wakes up to to try and stop them. And and yeah, Godzilla is kind of framed as this like guardian of Earth. And then later we do get uh, Atlantis even um, later in the in the American trilogy. I would really like to see an a Western studio do the like kids movie kaiju uh, with the Gamera license and see. I I don't know who would actually do that over here. Uh, maybe get like Robert Rodriguez to to make uh, it. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to see the perfect. the kid friendly giant monster movie. Yeah, because I do. I do generally think that if there was an American Gamera movie, it would be probably at at the very like it would be a comedy. Uh, I think because Gamera is primarily known in the American conscious because of Mystery Science Theater, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I I find it hard to believe that there wouldn't be an Easter egg where you see like. Uh, a Tupperware container of turtle meat or something like that, because there's just, uh, it's just really ingrained uh, in the American uh, psyche. <laughs> yeah, there would definitely be a gymnastics scene for sure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, like Gamera the Brave, like that's one uh, V. If, if like darker stuff in this doesn't uh, uh, float your boat, I definitely think that Gamera the Brave might be 
uh, a good one for you because that's that still has like the, the the high quality special effects, but it takes it back to kids. There's like a kid that raises a little tiny Gamera from like a little tiny flying baby turtle oh, into a full size Gamera. Gamera. Yeah, um, no, Gamera and the Brave is really is it's, I like it a lot. Like oh wait, it's that's pretty the one cute. that he, he like makes a little fake city for his turtle to for baby Gamera to stomp around in, right? Ah. Uh-huh. It's, I uh, think I've seen a clip of that. <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned that. One of my good friends, um, she uh, she has a pet. Uh, well, she has a pet alligator snapping turtle that she raised from a baby whose name is Gamera. Oh, um, yeah. Um, but like I could see again, kids movie, but more in like the Iron Giant vein mm-hmm. where it's all about like a kid trying to hide this giant fire breathing flying turtle from his yeah. parents. Uh, like. I'm, getting I'm into, into funny that. scrapes, um, like painting, like putting a, a trench coat and a hat on him uh, so that nobody notices that he's he's walking through the streets with a turtle. I do think that uh, there has to be like you can't make a grimdark Gamera movie simply because of how Gamera moves and how he gets around. <laughs> you see uh, that. Uh, you see so, that. Watch Gamera 3. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's he. <laughs> He spins around. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like a UFO. Yeah, an yeah. UFO. UFO. Uh, so, uh, Takashi Shimura Award for Best uh, Outstanding or Scene-Stealing Performance. Um, let's see, Alex, who would you uh, cite for this? Uh, Gamera. Gamera. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, every you time, took mine. Sorry. Every time Gamera was on screen, I got really excited. Um, I was waiting for Gamera to appear for a really long time. Uh, I was like, oh, I see. This is going to be one of those things where he doesn't show up until like halfway through the movie. Um, but uh, like, I don't know if it's cheating to say Gamera because it's. No, go you know, for it. No, 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 no. You're, um, like, you're, you're waiting, you know, to see this big turtle fight big other things. So <laughs> Gamera um, rules. Yeah, I think and like at the end, at the end of this movie, when he does again, like his big emotional, like stare down with the, with the human cast. Yeah, the, the, the puppeteering on his big turtley face is actually really expressive. It is like, I like he, the camera puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, again, thinking about what Godzilla can do in, in 1994, Ga- Godzilla can tilt his head up, tilt his head down and then open his mouth. And that is yeah. the extent of the articulation of his head. Gamera can blink. He can uh, 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 kind of like pull his head in and swirl it around. Like there's just a fuller range of motion and expression. And again, like the big eyes of that design give him the ability to emote in a way that Godzilla fundamentally can't. No, no, no. He does. He gets a very good monster performance in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I do have a runner up and that's the uh, the little kid at the market pretending to oh be a Oh my kaiju. god, you took mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Sorry, I, I guess I I caught them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no that kid. Like after all the kaiju news breaks and everyone's terrified, we have this little scene in a grocery store where that kid is going completely nuts, pretending to be a monster, attacking all the produce or whatever, uh, until his mom drags him off. And like, if we're talking scene stealing performances, like that kid was uh, the highlight <laughs> for me of that scene. Ryuji, that's the kid's name because yeah. his mother kept calling his name. I, 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 
sorry, Joey. I I, I calls him like I sees him. And... Yeah, no. I mean, you know, uh, that sometimes, you know, sometimes it just ends up being uh, Toshiro Mifune who steals the show, and you have to call him as you see him. Yeah. Um. I I I I did write down that the lady poking the red snapper reminded me of the peach lady from Tempopo. Yes, I thought of that too. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> we're in sync here. Yes. Um. Yeah, yeah. I wanted uh, the the clerk to be like chasing her around. Um, so V, how about you? Uh, mine goes to the taxi driver. <clears throat> like I said, yeah. I I wasn't super invested in uh, much of the human stuff, uh, but yeah, it, he just seems like a kind of random throwaway when she first jumps in the car and uh, he tells her to go go watch a movie. Um, but yeah, the the truck yaro-esque i've always wanted to bust through a police barricade uh was like his delight during that scene is was just super infectious um uh, hold on i had his uh name here a second ago uh takashi matsuo who he just seems to be like a a random actor that does a lot of television. Uh, it looked like he was in final wars, but he was also in one of the other, uh, uh, Minoru, uh, God, I can't remember the director's name, the, the crab goaltender director. He was in another one of his movies. Uh, when every, can't remember the name of the world sank except for Japan. Oh yeah. Everyone sinks, but Japan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, you know, the unofficial sequel to Japan sinks. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I love that guy too, obviously. Um, um, he's real fun and it is kind of too bad that he doesn't stick around. Uh, I was a little disappointed that the detective didn't stick around much. Uh, Kamiya didn't stick around too much either. Some of the like fun sort of comedic characters just get like a scene. A lot of too. good background stuff going on in this. Yeah. It's not. One nice thing about the trilogy is that Kamiya, uh, that, that that detective, uh, keeps showing up. I know, and, and his story just gets sadder and sadder. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, um, so, David, do you have uh, anything that we haven't covered yet that you were wanting to uh, talk about? Well, just back up uh, uh, Takeshi Shimura. Uh, I do want to shout out uh, Ayaka Fujitani, who um, I think... Like she doesn't get like a lot to uh, a lot of material to work with. I think she has a pretty cap uh, uh, captivating screen presence. All the same, yeah. And she's at least one hundred times better than Steven Seagal is at acting. <laughs> it's <true>. So, <laughs> yeah, but she didn't like kick anybody. <laughs> uh, uh, she helped Gamera uh, uh, shoot a giant fireball into a bat's face. That's the truest martial art. <laughs> yeah, okay. I love that like weird kind of awkward, but cool zoom into her eye and then out of Gamera's eye. Um, I did want to shout out both that uh, I really like Gamera's fireballs in this. It's a yeah. cool effect. Uh, lots of uh, been thinking a lot about Bowser and his connection mm-hmm. with Gamera uh, after watching this. Uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Bowser. Speaking of video games, I've been playing the new Pokemon Snap on the Switch, and uh, there is a bit where Blastoise, um, you have to like throw some balls into a whirlpool or whatever, and Blastoise will shoot out um, using uh, like 
using jets from his uh, shell, like the bottom <laughs> of his shell, of and then he'll like fly around. Um, yeah, uh, very similar to um, to uh, Gamera's like leg jets. I thought that was uh, very very funny. I was a little worried that he was just going to do like the Superman leg jets the whole movie, but he does do the spinning thing mm-hmm. at a couple yep. points. Um, but the other thing I wanted to make note of is like, we talked a little bit about how gruesome the kaiju fighting was. Uh, I wanted to talk about how dark it was when the, uh, subway train gets knocked over onto a huge crowd of people. Oh my God. And then yes. We see later the, uh, the gauss with the, with the car that he took and a bunch of like dead people falling out of his mouth while he chews. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, that it's was pretty, pretty brutal. Um, I did write down that the special effects for that were really good for the train falling on them. Yeah, like you can kind of see the green screen a little bit, but like it's very like really well done compared to the compositing in the action shots or something like those missiles. It is a an incredible special effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, when, yeah I was kind of laughing at uh, the beginning because um, there's that sort of joke that I don't know. I don't know. It might be kind of outdated at this point, but I always hear that kind of like American screenwriting thing that you don't kill the dog. Um, and in this, like the like first victim, one of the first victims is this dog in an abandoned street just gets like snatched uh, by a gauss. And I was like, well, this isn't a Hollywood movie. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the coolest things about the gauss is just how visceral a monster they are. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like, it's not just that, like, they're a threat in that they knock over buildings or that they might, you know, step on somebody going, ah, from, uh, from an above view and then uh, there's a superimposed foot. But that they're actually, like, they will fly at you. They will eat you. You can see the, you can see the meat falling out of their bones. When they die, they have a desiccating carcass uh, uh, somewhere. They mm-hmm. shit. Like... They're such a tactile, gooey monster. Their eggs are filled with purple slime. Like, <laughs> they're just... They're, their biological functions are explored in a way that kaiju almost never are. Mm. Yeah, well said. Uh, the one, It's funny you mentioned, like, the action and the... the uh, just how visceral everything is. Uh I think the moment that I, I knew that like this is a Joey movie is when uh like just how dinosaur-y the uh the gauss were. Yeah. I'm like, this is very like this seems like it's definitely up Joey's alley. <laughs> yeah, goofy bug eyed dinosaurs. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they're like they're puppety, like I don't know, yeah. it, it very it, yeah, definitely a Joey pick this this month <laughs> or this week. Yeah, and I love that gamma design. As I said many times. Um, all right. Uh, any other closing thoughts before we uh, close out this episode? Yes, I do have one. Uh, shout out to the Mary Poppins poster on the back of Asagi's door. Oh yeah. <laughs> I meant to get a better look at. She has like a volume of manga or something on her. On yeah. Her, um, on her uh, desk next to her bed, and I forgot to rewind that and look at that. But uh, yeah, Mary Poppins, very good. Uh, I wonder if that is a specific shout out from the director or anybody uh, for mm. a specific reason. I wonder. Maybe. It uh, seems very like, you know, centrally framed <laughs> before they open the door and stuff. 
I do wonder if the Japanese dub voice for Mary Poppins is somehow related mm. to this. <laughs> I, I didn't think to look it up, but um, I do want to close off for me by saying uh, my favorite line in the movie was, um, someday I'll take you to a monster-free Tokyo. <laughs> Or show you around a monster free Tokyo. I thought that was a really, really fun and cool line. And very, like, uh, yet again, you know, the thing that I appreciate the most about this, like really leaning into, you know, the fact that kaiju are, uh, Tokyo is infested with kaiju. Like, that's just how it is. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They don't need to, like, waste our time with somebody being like, this can't be possible because... We, we we the viewers know that it's possible and let's just move on and get get to it <laughs> oh that that also does remind me i like that they do the scene of the actual like real world fallout of all of this including the reporter being like the yen the value of the yen is plummeting <laughs> yeah gauss is attacking everything that we hold sacred uh <laughs> um if you uh, uh i think i brought up uh, Roger Ebert's review of this movie, actually, when we talked about Zayram, because I really like uh, the way he describes uh, how uh, uh, Roger Ebert has a, a fairly notorious uh, uh, review of this movie. He gave it three stars when it came out. Um, the DVD box set uh, uh, had that in very large letters on the cover. Three stars, Roger Ebert. Um, uh, it's a great review where he talks about how... Uh, all movies are silly. Why not watch the one where the turtle flies? Yeah. Um, like uh, it, it contains the phrase, uh, the voluptuous pleasure of emit of writing the phrase emitting green rays. Um, uh, at the end, he uh, remarks that he found out that Ayaka Fujitani is Steven Seagal's uh, daughter and quote, uh, I pump my fist and yell, say yes, <laughs> um, which is adorable. Um, read that review it's a it's a really great review also look up the <laughs> the accompanying episode uh, clip of their of the review from siskel and ebert because gene siskel hated this movie of course and he it's did so funny uh, uh because he says like this is stupid puerile cheap looking uh, uh uh trash and ebert goes yeah it's great isn't it (laughs) like it just goes to show you how subjective movie reviewing is Uh, especially when like you know you have to be like if you're in a specific mood when you watch a movie it will completely change the way you think about it Mm -hmm. and i think that the nice thing about roger ebert is that like he got that Mm -hmm. um like when you go back and uh, like he went back and re-reviewed like some movies that he didn't really care for initially like the godfather um which is like crazy. Uh, and uh, and I feel like, you know, you have people like uh, like Gene Siskel, who uh, generally <laughs> generally just didn't like anything. Mm. So I, I think that uh, it, it goes to show you that like, yeah, you know, reviewing a movie and <laughs> yeah, very subjective. Yeah. Ebert was a good like in the 90s. I remember him being an early supporter where it was like, wow, he knows what Akira is and likes it. You know, like, um, yeah, Ebert was a supporter of, you know, Japanese stuff, anime and tokusatsu stuff. More like Roger Webert. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> very good. Uh, so with that, Alex, uh, what are we going to be talking about next episode? Uh, next episode, um, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, a fairly recent movie called Oh Lucy, um, directed by Atsugo Hirayanagi. And um, 
starring Shinobi Terajima and Josh Hartnett. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't remember why I put this movie on on my list or how I got there. Um, but I think I might have seen a trailer and it looked cool. So, uh, yeah. Cool. I, yeah, and this one is like pretty available. Like it, I believe it's available on Amazon Prime and it's available to rent elsewhere. So, um, yeah, and I I've never heard of it, um, but I'm looking forward to it. After I, I saw you guys talking about it, I watched the trailer, and it does look really good. Yeah, it's like a comedy drama. Like it's, yeah. I I think that I want to say that it was playing during one of the film fests we wa- that with that we that were going on this year, but I don't think uh. so. I I don't think so. Otherwise, I think I probably would have watched it. <laughs> um, Megan Mullally's in it. Really? Uh-huh. Wow, that's great. I love her. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot of uh, like it's it's got um, uh, like uh, yeah, a little bit of an, an American cast in there too. Um, pretty interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, so David, thanks for coming on again. Uh, this was really fun. Uh, where could people find you? Uh, you can find me all day, every day, uh, trapped in the hell site that we all call Twitter.com at uh, at Ycarps Y K A R P S. Uh, it's, uh, no, no, there's, there's no way to hook that into Gamera in any way. I should have thought <laughs> that up, uh, more. Y-K-A-R. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, David's a good follow. You'll see lots of, uh, cool art, uh, either created by David or retweeted by David. Um, and Alex, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter also uh, at dude exclamation and uh, you can listen to me every week on the one piece podcast you can listen to me every month if you're one piece podcast patreon subscriber uh, I do a podcast called forced watch four kids with Steve Yurko where we go through the four kids one piece chronologically and uh, it's a thing mm-hmm. um, Alex I am officially demanding more worst to watch the o- ocean dub uh, uh, that yeah. special episode was fantastic. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did a special. Um, uh, we did a special April Fool's Day episode, which is available um, uh, off of the paywall, which is you know for everybody, where we talk about um, the ocean dub of Dragon Ball Z Dead Zone, a movie that me and Steve love very, very much. So um, it was a really nice change of pace to talk about something that we loved <laughs> um, versus something that we're um, baffled by. So um, please check all of those out. And as always, at Super Art Fight on Twitter. Uh, who knows what we've going on, got going on um, during, uh, you know, when you listen to this episode. But uh, it's always a good time. So mm-hmm. check it out. Cool. How about you, V? Uh, you can also find me on the Hell site uh, because you merely adopted the shit post. I was born in it. Uh, you can find me at. Riska Chat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. And I am currently in the throes of some pretty savage Star Wars mania after listening to the uh, More Civilized Age podcast about Clone Wars. So uh, help free me from this prison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, a, a long time ago, big space to get stuck in i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> uh anyway 
Uh, I'm at Joey Weiser on the the Hell site, aforementioned Hell site, um, and uh, on Instagram, Joey Weiser Comics. Uh, Twitter is where you'll see me talking about movies and anime and uh, whatever, as well as posting art and stuff. Uh, whereas uh, Instagram is more art focused specifically. Um, please check out my upcoming graphic novel, Dragon Racer. Um, actually, by the time this episode comes out, it may be out. June 15th is when uh, you can find Dragon Racer. So if this is after Dragon uh, June 15th, just go out and get it. Um, and uh, you can order it from anywhere where you get comics. Uh, I suggest bookshop.org or my local uh, bookshop, uh, Avid Bookshop, as uh, alternatives to other large book retailers that you might uh, first think of think of when you think about ordering books um and um yeah dragon racer is a uh comedic uh graphic novel about a dragon that races uh a bunch of other animals and is a spin-off from uh, my previous self-contained graphic novel ghost hog uh, which you could check out as well as well as my uh five graphic novel series merman and um as for the podcast you can check us out uh, on Twitter, <laughs> everyone's there uh, at Toho Yaro. Uh, you can message us on Facebook. Uh, Toho Yaro has a Facebook page there. Uh, you can email us tohoyaro at gmail.com. Um, but Twitter is really the main hub uh, where we tweet about uh, Japanese movie news, about um, our upcoming episodes or current episodes, um, and things like that. And uh, please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. We'd really, really appreciate it. And check us out next episode for Oh Lucy, with an exclamation point after it.